All right. I have till 11.30? Okay. That's even better. All right, so I did this talk a few years ago for, for a bunch of teenagers. Uh, gosh, it was probably about three or four years ago. And so I've changed it up a little bit, but it's the same type of content. And so if you're going to write on the title, uh, Rated M, if you know how you rate movies or games, Rated M for maturity. Rated M for maturity. And uh, I don't know what words used nowadays. My kids don't really use mature. They use I'm more grown. Uh, in other words, that I don't know how your family talks. But when I was a kid, uh, and as a teacher growing up, my family used a lot of the word maturity. Are you mature? You know, you got to be more mature. Act your age, you know, all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing about maturity you know, there's different aspects to maturity. So write these down. So there's, there's physical maturity. There's, um, there's your mental maturity. So, you know, when your parents are onto you or if you enjoy school and growing, even what you're doing now, you're growing mentally. You're expanding the use of your brain, allowing yourself to think critically. So there's a physical maturity. There's mental maturity. There's emotional maturity which some of us are more emotionally mature than others. Some of us have friends who need to be more emotionally mature than they are. That's, and that comes with age, that comes with just mature, that comes with experience, is that you have different emotions that hit you. Uh, maybe if your parents have ever divorced, you face certain emotions that maybe your friends who've not gone through a divorce have faced, right? So there's emotional maturity. Um, then there's spiritual maturity, all right? So there's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And there's actually, you know, there's financial maturity. How do I know about money? How do I know, you know, uh, there's, so there's all sorts of ways of growing, but maturity, you grow in different areas. And here's the thing I've found about most young adults and teenagers is that almost all of us have one of these areas that we grow pretty mature in, right? We can grow physically mature. Like my son, when he was 16, he was 6'2", weighed 220 pounds. He was the size of a man at 16. Physically, he was mature, but emotionally, he was his age at 16, right? So we all grow in maturity. Um, but the truth is, maturity is less about age. Write this down. Maturity is less about age and more about your mindset. How many of you have an uncle or an aunt or a parent who don't act like they're 40? <laughs> they think they're 15 still, right? So it's not about your age. It's more about your mindset. And that's what I'm going to challenge you today is about your mindset. So the person we have speaking at Voices this next weekend, Dr. Tim Elmore, real, I read a lot of his stuff. You're going to really enjoy him this weekend, right? I, I, I promise you're going to like it. You're going to want to read a couple of his books or at least encourage your parents or people who are in your life to read. He, he says this about maturity for this generation. Millennials were the first generation to have this happen. Gen Z is second generation. Millennials were the first generation in the history of the world who could get all the information they needed without any adults in their life. Because of the internet, they could get anything answered the way they wanted to, right? But here's the thing. Here's what Dr. Tim Elmore says. Too much information without an outlet to practice what they've learned. That is artificial maturity. 
So how many times have you known something in your mind, but you really don't know how to do it? Because you've never had to do it, right? So how many of you in your mind do you think you could figure out how to, how many of you actually make breakfast for your family right now? You can, you can make a full breakfast. Okay, what can you make? Scrambled eggs, bacon, toast. Okay, who else, who else can make breakfast for your family? What do you make? Uh, I love making like pastries for my family, like muffins, pancakes, crepes, eggs, bacon. I used to do it all the time. Okay, so who here is like, heck no, I can't make anything for my family for breakfast. Raise your hand. Okay. But here's, here's the fun thing. Like, even my teenagers now, when they were younger, we used to watch, uh, oh, what's that? The, Top? No, the kid, where the kids are the chefs. The, uh, oh, kid baking. There's kids baking. There's the one that's like, yeah, the one with the angry guy who does Hell's Kitchen or whatever. No. Anyway, another guy. Huh? With Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. So wait, have you ever seen these little kids who are seven and eight years old and they can make a gourmet meal? Yeah. Right? And if you hear their stories at seven, eight years old, nine years old, how did they learn how to make a gourmet meal? They were willing to make mistakes. At some point, they didn't know. So write this question down for yourself. Where am I unwilling to make mistakes? Where do I try to be perfect? It could be your spiritual life. It could be in relationships. It can be with school. It can be with sports. It can be with, you know, how you play video games. Where in your life do you not like making mistakes? And here's the thing. That's probably an area of your life where you're not growing in maturity. Because you know in your head how to do it, but you're not actually doing it. You know in your head to love Jesus. You know in your head, I think this is how I'm going to grow spiritually. I think I know how to do this, but until you do it, it's called artificial maturity. So, we're going to go to Ephesians. And uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, I'm going to read several scriptures. The first one is Ephesians 1, 16. The next one, just write this down, Ephesians 3, 14 through 18. And we're going to talk about Paul as he talks about maturity to the church at Ephesus. All right? Here's what he says. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Verse 14 of chapter, th- uh, chapter 3. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Verse 18, and you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. All right, so what is Paul telling the church at Ephesus? So write that down, the church at Ephesus. So when you read Ephesians, these are actual people. It's not just a chapter of uh, uh, the name of the book in the Bible. These are actual people in a place called Ephesus. There's five things he wants them to know. Number one, he's praying for them to have wisdom for truth. Wisdom for truth. So how do you, as you're going to school, as you're interacting with people, people who have faith, people who don't have faith, as you're growing your faith, how do you grow in wisdom 
to know the truth. And in parentheses, write this down. So I won't be deceived. I pray for wisdom for truth so that I'm not deceived. So I had a, I had a mentor who told me a great description and uh, definition for the word wisdom. So write this one down. Wisdom is the ability to know what to do next. Wisdom is the ability to know what to do next. Wisdom is not knowing the secrets of the world. Wisdom is not knowing everything there is to know. Wisdom is what, how do I know what to do next? It's, it's actually very practical. So Paul's praying for these people at Ephesus who are growing in their faith to walk in wisdom. All right. Number two, he prays this. Revelation to know. He prays that they would have a revelation to know. The Spirit of God wants to be with you, students, wants to guide you so that you can know. In parentheses, write this down, so I can grow. Revelation to know, and in parentheses, so I can grow. And, and this might sound weird to you, but it's really not weird. When you walk with God, now I want you to look at me. Stop taking notes real quick. Just look at me real quick. When you walk with God, there are going to be times that the Spirit of God wants to reveal something to you. And that can, that can sound super weird, but there's times that the Spirit wants to reveal things to you. So I'll give you an example. When my wife, Libby, many of you have met Libby, when she was 16 years old, she was the first one to come to know Jesus and her family. She led her mom and her dad and all three of her siblings to know Jesus within one year. At 16. Didn't know anything about church. Why? How did that happen? Because when she opened up her heart and opened up her mind, the Spirit of God brought revelation to her. Because what did I say earlier? Maturity is not about age. It's about your disposition and how you think of yourself. So if you think of yourself as just 16, well, you're just going to get a life that's just 16. But when you have God with you and you open up your mind, your heart, God can use you to do things that most 16-year-olds wouldn't do. Here's the example. Um, so when I, was a youth, I was a youth pastor for a long time. And we had hundreds of kids. It was a big church. And I had all these leaders. And I had this guy named Gavin come to me. And Gavin was 16 years old. And Gavin was 6'2 and about 250. Big guy. Played football. And he said, I want to be a leader. I want to run a small group. But well, we had a rule. that had to be an adult, 18 plus, to run a small group. Just for accountability, all that kind of stuff. He goes, well, I want to be the first teenage leader in, your, in, your, in the youth group. I said, well, here's what you got to do. You got to be a partner with your leader, serve your leader, help your group grow. And when your group gets so big, we got to split it in two. I will then make you the leader if you're willing to do this, what I ask you to do. Gavin helped his leader grow his group from like 20 people to like 40. And by the time Gavin was 17, he was the first teenager we had who was a small group leader. So all of our adult meetings, Gavin was there. Why? Because Gavin opened up his heart and his mind for revelation, and God used him to reach 20 other students who then needed a small group leader. God can do the same thing in you. Revelation to know. So you can grow. Number three, Paul prayed this. Strength through the Holy Spirit. He prayed for strength through the Holy Spirit. 
So we're taught in Scripture that the Holy Spirit comes as a comforter. So we know that Jesus came, he died on the cross, after his death he rose again, that's why we have Easter, right? We, we celebrate the risen Savior, and then he goes to heaven, and when he goes to heaven, what does he say? I must go so that God can send his Spirit as a comforter. So when the Holy Spirit comes, just like we said, strength through the Holy Spirit, put in parentheses, why? So I can push through. The Holy Spirit helps us push through life's circumstances as a guide. You ever been stuck in a problem for some sort of math problem you don't know what to do? And what do you do? You just give up and walk away? But if you sit down and go through what you're supposed to do and walk through the steps of the problem, it helps you to push through. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us to push through. And all of us have situations we have to push through. Sometimes it can be a family situation. Sometimes it can be a money situation. It can be a friend situation. It can be a drama situation. It can be a relationship situation. And when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit guides you through those situations. Now, I'll give you an example. My brother was nine years old. Everybody here is older than my brother when he was at this point. Nine years old. And he was traveling with my dad. And my dad was in Dallas, and we lived about ten hours away from Dallas. And my mom was having, I was, we had three brothers, or two brothers. My other brother and I were at home. And my brother, who's nine years old, was in the hotel with my dad in Dallas. It's three in the morning. He's nine years old. What's he doing? Sleeping. He wakes my dad up. This is going to sound like a Stranger Things episode, right? He wakes my dad up at three o'clock in the morning. And he says, call mom. I mean, that's kind of freaky, right? The nine-year-old's dead asleep, wakes up, shakes my dad, says, call mom. She's scared. At the same moment, my mom thought somebody had broken to our house 10 hours away. And she's freaking out because she thought she, she thought she saw a man in the house. And she's got two little boys. I was only like 14, and my other brother was younger. And my nine-year-old brother got woken up from his sleep. How did my nine-year-old brother know that? There was no internet. He wasn't talking to my mom. It was the Holy Spirit woke my brother up to tell my dad. My dad then calls my mom, and they get on the phone, call the police, figure it out. So if God can send his spirit to speak to a nine-year-old, what can he do with the 15-year-old? What can he do with the 16-year-old? Pretty amazing things. So number four, Paul says this to the, to, the, to the church of Ephesus. He says this, I want you to be rooted in faith. Rooted, right? So like you are like a tree. You have roots. Are you rooted in your faith? And again in parentheses, why? So that you're not tossed around. So your tree grows roots and it grows strong. You're not tossed around. So write this verse down. Jeremiah 17, verse 8. I love this, this verse. And I'm going to speak it over you. They are like trees planted along the river with roots that reach deep into the water. And such trees are not bothered by the heat. They're not worried by the long months of drought. And their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Why? Because they're rooted in faith. How many of you have a friend who likes a different person every other day of the week? 
they have a different favorite movie every other week. They have a different favorite show. That's okay for, for trivial things. But when it comes to you and your spiritual walk and who you are, you have to be rooted in faith. All right? Here's the fifth thing. Paul says this, the last thing, to be grounded in love. Talk a lot about this at, at Gateway, to love everyone life by life, to be grounded in love. In parentheses, write this down, unity in Christ. How do I bring unity to situations? got to be grounded in the love of Christ. Now, I'm going to walk you through something around maturity that's also in Ephesians, and this is Paul who's again writing to the Ephesians. He tells them, how do you then, how do you then as a follower of Christ grow in maturity? I'm going to do something for you. I want you to actually stand up. Everybody stand up. It's going to sound like you're in kids' church, and it's okay. But I had a mentor do this for me. I was 18 or 19 years old. Just trying to grow in my faith. And here's what Paul says in Ephesians about growing in maturity and about growing your faith. All right? So we're going to do some hand motions. All right? Just like you're a little kid. All right? So here we go. He says, first off, like your Wonder Woman. And you have a, like a belt of truth. Do this. Belt of truth. All right? Do this. Right around your waist. You don't put your belt way out here. Your belt of truth. So when you, in Ephesians 6, there's going to be these elements called the armor of God for your maturity. When you have a belt of truth, every day I pray this. God, how can I walk in truth? How do I not believe lies? How do I not tell lies? How do I have the belt of truth around my waist? The second thing he says is this. I want to have, you might not, not know what this is. If you've ever seen armor, right? And there's a part of the armor that covers the chest, that's called a breastplate, right? Why does it cover your chest? Why would you need armor to cover your chest to protect your what? Your heart. So every day you say belt of truth and a breastplate of righteousness. Do this, just do this. To cover your heart. Let me tell you something. Look at me. You guys face a lot of information and a lot of situations. Nobody can guard your heart but you. Your best friend cannot guard your heart. Your mom and dad cannot guard your heart. Your youth pastor cannot guard your heart. You guard your heart by putting on the breastplate of righteousness. What is righteous? Just doing the right things every single day as God guides you. All right, so first one was what? Belt, truth, breastplate of righteousness to protect your heart. Third thing is shoes of peace. So act like you're just kind of tying your shoes. And here's what I want you to think of when you talk about tying your shoes. Every room you walk into, look at me, every room you walk into, are you bringing drama? Are you bringing peace? Are you speaking well of people? Or, or are you tearing down people? And you know what? Scripture tells us how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So when you're saying, do I, am I walking with, the, with shoes of peace, you're called to be agents of good news, the good news of Jesus. Does your life match up to that? All right? The next one is this, the shield of faith. Why do you have a shield? To defend from things coming your way, the armor. You're going to have things come at you all the time. 
And you can stand there and say, well, I've got my breastplate on. It's going to protect my heart. Shoot away. But why when you can have a breastplate, I mean, uh, uh, armor that defends against the things that are coming your way? All right? The last one is your helmet of salvation. Put this on. Helmet of salvation. That means reminding yourself that you are made in Christ's image. That you are made, that he came and died for your sins and rose again so you can walk in power. Here's what most people do with the armor. Here's where they get it wrong. Here's where you get it wrong. Here's where I get it wrong. You know what we start off with? We start off with the helmet. Well, I got Jesus, so I'm good. And we forget to walk in truth. We forget to protect our hearts. We forget to walk in peace. And we forget to defend because we're like, well, I got Jesus, so I'm good. You have to have it all. The helmet of salvation reminds you that Jesus is with you. And then you don't always want to be on defense. Sometimes you want to play offense. Sword of the Spirit. Not your phone, but a sword. Right? Here's what, here's what the Spirit is. If you do not read your Bible, there's no way you can win a battle. Your Bible, not of itself... You reading the Bible, you learning, you growing according to Scripture is what helps you actually win a battle. Because you can't win a battle just playing defense. Can you, be, can you imagine saying, your football team from your high school is going to go out and all they're going to do is play defense for four quarters. They're never going to get the ball. They're never going to win. And you're never going to win as a teenager in your spiritual walk if you don't really spend time learning who God is to Scripture. All right, so let's do them all again. Do you remember them? I created a dance. You got, okay, show us the dance. Okay, ready? Oh, crap. Uh. <laughs> the part of the dance? Uh, uh, shield. Shield. <laughs> shield, and then crown, and then sword. There you go. That's it. Yay! All right, let's all do it together. First is what? Belt of truth. I'm going to walk in truth every day. I'm going to protect my heart. What's next? Shoes. I'm going to put on my shoes for peace so wherever I go, I'm going to defend from all the things that are coming at me every single day. I'm going to remind myself who I am in Christ, and I'm going to walk in power and authority based according to God's scripture. All right, so listen to me. Look at me. Here's the deal. When you walk in those simple things that seem childish, you grow in a maturity level that you never could have imagined. You don't grow spiritually overnight one day. You don't grow just by going to camp. You grow by doing the little things every single day. Cool? Let me pray for you, and then we'll kind of move on. God, thank you for this group. Thank you that they're taking time this summer to grow as leaders, as young leaders. They want to grow to love you, to serve others, and to make a difference. So today, God, as we walk away, help us to remind ourselves of these small things, to walk in your truth, to protect our hearts, to raise up our shield to protect ourselves, to walk in, walk in peace everywhere we go, to put on the helmet of salvation, to remind ourselves who we are, and to be people who know Scripture and know your word so we can be on the offense as much as we are on defense. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Have a seat. All right. What are we doing? Any kind of questions? Uh, cool. yeah.